Hello, hello, my name is Clark Heron, a.k.a. The Harry Hobo, and welcome to another episode of A.K.A. Sports. I believe it is number 14 here in Season 2, and today's topic is pretty simple. One week from today, we will be having the NFL Draft out in Vegas. They're currently and should be in the final stages of the construction of the actual stage on the fountain out there in the Bellagio. It's going to be a very nice scene in Probably amazing weather, unless you're here from Ohio and get snow every once in a while, but I digress. Um, with us, as always, to talk a little bit more, especially about the draft here today, is uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, simply known as Fletch. Fletch, how are you doing? What's up, man? I'm living, man. I'm living. How are you? I'm doing quite well here today. Weather's finally acting correct. Granted, it is Ohio, so tomorrow could be a totally different story. <laughs> True. Uh, but we do have a very fun topic here today. We have, again, the NFL draft in simply one week. We'll be talking about our potential top 10 picks, depending on exactly what kind of moves may or may not happen. We'll be talking about uh, those as well as potential team needs throughout the draft to try and get a better idea of exactly who will get drafted where. And really, to kind of lead into this, we'll be talking about a, kind of a breaking story within the last couple of days is um, 49ers star wide receiver Debo Samuel has uh, mentioned to the team that his desire to try and get traded from the team to somewhere else. Now, granted, I believe the one team he did mention for sure, uh, at least in one article that I saw, it looks like he was wanting to go to the Cowboys, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense trade-wise based on the fact that they already sent Amari Cooper away and they still have C.D. Lamb and gave Michael Gallup a ton of money. So that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense there, but it seems like based on a couple different articles, it's not so much about the money. It's more about his over usage in the offense, which uh, Fletch, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe you can chime in here a little bit. Last time I checked, players were kind of looking to be those hybrid type players so they can make more money. Am I missing something? Um, A little bit, maybe. So... While I agree with you that there is some type of, uh, I don't know, that's it's an important role, and it's if you're good at both, like Debo is, yeah, I mean, you become much more valuable, and kind of like you mentioned, I don't know if money's really the issue in this in this here because I feel like the 49ers would probably be willing to pay him as the highest pay receiver in the league. At least I would think they would they would want to. Um, what his what his position necessarily his the pay of his position. I want to kind of get into that real quick. And I think that position needs more of a title these days. Because if we're starting to see more players that fit this this mode, if even if they're like high-level players, like you said, Le'Veon Bell in, in the past, off-air, we talked about that. Or if we're talking about a Debo Samuel, Samuel currently, you know, I believe Lev Bell was looking for something north of like, say, what a running back is paid, plus partially what a receiver would get paid as well. Um, like on top of that money. And I'm not opposed to that because you are playing both positions. The The thing that I think is being missed in this and where the overusage is, and I think where Debo's coming from, and even though he specifically hasn't really said much, Clark, we know the sources are there because this is not money and it feels like more of a usage thing. My guess would be injury. He does not want to get hurt over exerting himself being the focal point of the offense, honestly, more so than even the quarterback in this situation. 
it, it, it will be a lot for a player like that. A quarterback has protection, whereas receivers and running backs, they have to advance the ball on their feet. They don't have the same protection of just sitting in the pocket for, you know, anywhere between one and three seconds and then making plays. Whereas as soon as you get the ball, the first thing that you, you're looking to do is advance. And, you know, that alone, we look at the shelf life of running backs, and I'll use Ezekiel Elliott, for instance. For, for instance, His point, his average yards per game has decreased since he first came in the league. That means we can honestly say he might have been at his best his first year in the league. And then look how much he got paid, though, for his services. So I think that's what it is. It's, it's partially the fact that, yes, they do want to get paid for being both. But then in Debo's case, I think it's really he doesn't want to get overused and then get hurt. Because we remember he actually did get banged up in the play, and I believe either the the divisional game, whatever round they lost in, he he got hurt trying to put the team on his back, essentially, and then I believe still came back and finished the game still. So I use Ezekiel Elliott as one that has stayed relatively healthy, but we've seen a consistent decline. And the other uh, point I'm going to say here, Clark, or the other player I'm going to use as this point is uh, Christian McCaffrey who now we see can't stay on the field any longer over the last two seasons because of his high usage, in my opinion. Agreed, yeah. McCaffrey is definitely on the highest end when it comes to just total usage and then his inability to stay healthy over the last couple of years. It'll be interesting because we've never really seen too many players, at least outwardly in the public, complain about overusage. Granted, is they're just sources. We don't 100% guaranteed at this point that that is the case. But right. it's not a common theme that we have seen from other players. Typically, they're looking for that type of usage. And just mm-hmm. just for example, I mean, granted, there was a report out today on Sleeper that stated the Niners have no intentions of actually trading him. But if they do, do you think any other organization is not going to try and use him the same way they saw in San Francisco? I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, seems saw how good he is as a receiver and a running back. They're going to put him in many different spots and try and get them that way. Because, granted, we've seen type of other players, maybe like a C.D. Lamb, where they try to pigeonhole him into being a receiver and a running back kind of ish at times, and it just doesn't quite work out. He's just not that level of talent, whereas Debo can do both. <sighs> It's interesting. We'll see exactly what happens. As of right now, it doesn't seem like anything is going to change at this point. Uh, maybe they'll just have some internal discussions and at the end of the day just decide this is where he wants to be. Uh, other potential situations of reasons why he could be wanting to get traded could be the fact that uh, his, I believe it was his receivers or offensive coach went down to Miami to be the head coach down there. Um so maybe he just wanted out, much like uh, Mike McDaniel went down to Miami as well. It's hard to say at this point. We'll see if anything else comes up along the way. But the reason we bring this up is big-time news for today's episode. Because if they end up trading him, A, more than likely they're going to get picks back, I would have to imagine. Um, and then they're going to start looking at this very deep wide receiver pool that we have here in the NFL draft this year. Probably one of the deepest I've seen in in my time covering uh, NFL. This is a very, very deep class. Uh, it'd be great if they all panned out and all had great uh, NFL careers. That's not usually the case. But uh, we'll start off with this. Fletch, give me one wide receiver name that maybe 
people need to keep an eye on. Maybe not towards the top, but needs to keep an eye on heading into this draft. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, like you said, there's a variety of wide receivers to pick from. And, I mean, if you're anywhere in the first round, I mean, there's 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 tons there. Um, there's tons in the second round. So what I'm going to do is obviously, you know, doing a little bit of digging before this and also watching the season this year, we want to kind of dig deep and, and look, look for somebody that I think I feel like is going to be a later pick in the draft. Uh, one guy I'm going to mention, man, is actually David Bell. I don't know how high he'll get drafted right now. It looks like anywhere between around two and three. Again, this is a very deep draft. So to keep it real with you, like, I mean, we may see somebody ranked top 15 as a wide receiver. And normally at that position, you're not looking at, you know, first or second round. But this year's draft, that is one guy I'm looking at uh, for sure. There's, I'm, I'm going to name three. I'm going to rat the other, the other ones I'm going to just mention very briefly. But the thing with him is if you watch him play, he was pretty much Purdue's best offensive player. Um, yep. I, he, they force-fed him. It led to a lot of success for Purdue. Um, they had a, a pretty good end to the season with a couple key wins um, and, and, and really played well. And a lot of it really came to the fact that, that he came on very strong towards the end of the season. Um, decent size, um, very good at very, very good catcher. Uh, I would just say like, that's very important for wide receivers. He can catch. Um, and, and, I, and he's going to be, he's more of a, an outside guy just with his size as well. So teams that are looking for that, maybe later in the draft, maybe they need that. They have a number one and they have a slot, you know, that, that's, that's more so a team that I think would draft him to where you don't have to start him right away. Uh, or you can, because he just won't play as many minutes or as many snaps right now. Uh, where you can kind of split him as your third or fourth receiver in the, in the game. Um, but I, I think that's a very good pick. Somebody that you could look up and get maybe, you know, early third, if he's still there. The other two that I'm going to mention here kind of briefly is, um, uh, man, two guys that – or one one specifically. I'm going to mention Justin Ross first. Justin Ross kind of got held back by injuries. Um, he's a, He was a freak talent, to be honest with you, coming in. Um, if people remember him at Clemson his freshman year, I believe is when they won the Natty, if I'm not mistaken, or it might have been one of the years they lost in the championship. But that was the uh, one of the years with Trevor Lawrence. Um, great, great season. Very good, very good uh, playoff as well. I mean, the kid is a pure athlete, 6'4", 210. Um, if he can recover well and, like, stay healthy in the NFL, it may take him about a year to really, like, get up to speed just because he has so has had so much time off. He did play last year, but he didn't really have much of an impact. So, I, I mean, I look for him to be another NFL talent. And then the other guy briefly on the mission is an, you got to mention these old Miss guys, man. They've been pumping out receivers lately, and that's Dontario Drummond. A little smaller than the other guys that have come out in DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, but still a very good receiver in his own right. And that's somebody that you could probably find deep in the draft this year. Agreed. I really, really like those names. I remember watching David Bell there at Purdue. He is a phenomenal talent, especially when he can stay healthy and be on the field as well. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into it. Today we'll be talking about the top 10 picks. That means those picks for the Jaguars, the Lions, Texans, the Jets, the Giants at 5 and 7, the Panthers at 6, uh, the Falcons at 8, Seahawks via the trade at 9, and then the Jets once again at 10. So a couple different teams with two picks within the first 10 picks of this draft should make, make things very, very interesting to say the least, especially with having that second pick within the first 10 picks or in the situation of the Giants having two within the first seven 
trade bait of other teams that absolutely need to find a need, especially potentially quarterback, even though this year's group could be viewed as maybe not the strongest we've had uh, in recent years. But then there's also plenty of other teams that definitely need some help. And this is how you can potentially build your team through the draft. And if you're a Packers fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about because free agency is uh, a foreign language to those fans and that to organization, but that's fine. Uh, so for the first overall pick, we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, last year ended up as the worst team in the NFL. Currently, according to NFL or to uh, PFF.com, uh, the Jaguars actually their biggest needs are defensive lineman, linebacker, and safety, among other things. Uh, they actually went out in free agency and signed a bunch of money to Christian Kirk, among uh, several others as well. And Fletch, we'll start with you. Obviously, there's a couple different names that the Jaguars could be looking here at number one. Um, but overall, uh, what of their needs do you think is the biggest? And who do you think they're drafting at number one? I mean, let's be real. At the top of the draft, I, I, I kind of I dislike it, man. I, I don't want to say hate, but it's like, OK, what are their needs? The whole team. Like, <laughs> let's just let's be real here. They had the worst record in the league, and the only thing that you're not going to do is draft is draft the same players at the, or draft the same position that you drafted in the, in the first or second round, maybe the last couple years if they're still on your team. Like, that's one thing you probably won't do. So, okay, they don't need a quarterback. They don't need running backs. Um, they signed Christian Kirk, sure. They don't need receivers, I guess. Um <laughs> Like, let's just let's just be real here. So essentially, to me, I say go best available. And luckily for them, best available right now seems like it is going to be a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman, which is pretty much rounding out the top five on a lot of mock drafts and a lot of big boards that I've seen. Um, I, I'm on Aiden Hutchinson personally. I think he should be the hands down number one pick this year. He's big. He's fast. He comes off that edge. He has a lot of moves. He's an edge rusher. What is the most important thing on defense right now in the NFL? It's an edge rusher. You have an edge rusher, it makes everything that much better. Because two things happen with edge, rush, edge rushers. If you if they're good and they consistently get to the quarterback, one, that applies pressure. The quarterback has to either get it out faster, take a sack, or it's a bad throw. What does that do for the secondary? It makes them look great. Secondly, it forces teams to run. What happens from there? The interior linemen either get exposed linebackers get exposed or one of those two groups or both of them flourish and now you have a great defense this is how important an edge rusher is in the league right now to me it's either him or if you want to go with another defense alignment you have Trayvon Walker and if you want to go with a different defense alignment you have Kayvon Thibodeau personally I'm going with the best one of the three in my opinion which is Aiden Hutchinson yeah, I would agree with that. I think there's a lot of mocks that are also putting Walker as kind of that 1v2 type deal, which, interestingly enough, our next team on the list, the Detroit Lions, they uh, were dead last in last, last year when it came to sacks. They had 30 sacks all season long. Uh, PFF agrees that one of their big needs is going to be the defensive line, along with linebacker, DB, and quarterback, which... Uh, I mean, granted, like much like you said, this is, again, one of those many teams. If you're this far up, you kind of need help just about everywhere. There's not just one or two all. holes that you can fix mm -hmm. this team with. So uh, they were definitely looking at potentially looking at Aiden Hutchinson if he's still there. I would say 
maybe even a Trayvon Walker as well as potential defensive lineman there. Uh, according to this mock draft on NFL.com, they have Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, as listed as that pick. I don't technically agree with that pick. Uh, Fletch, who do you have the Lions picking at number two? Yeah, man. Again, this and actually, Clark, this is the worst team in the league. The J- Jacksonville just had a, had a terrible coach. Um, let's just get that out the way. That's part of the reason why they fail so miserably. When your coach doesn't know who Aaron Donald is, that's a problem. <laughs> amongst other things amongst other but, things yeah on and off the field um so th- in this case unlike jacksonville who doesn't necessarily need a running back they don't necessarily need a quarterback because they just got those last year and they already had a couple running backs on the roster along with a receiver which again i guess you don't need it since you just paid christian kirk buku money which honestly is the reason why the wide receiver um, market right now is on complete tilt. It's like gas prices. It's through the roof. So we'll see how that goes. But nonetheless, we'll get into these Lions here, man. Again, they need it all. They like literally all of it. There's not a position that I can be like, ah, oh, they don't need this. They don't know. No, 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 no. They need it all. Maybe outside of tight end because they just got TJ Hawkinson over the last few years. And that's a really good tight end if you can get him the damn ball and if he stays on the field. Outside of that, Again, you go bust the best available. If Aiden Hutchinson is here, you get Aiden Hutchinson. If he's not, it's really your pick between, to me, Trayvon Walker or uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. To me, those are the next two. And if you go offensive lineman, which I think Evan Neal uh, or Iki Akunwe is, or Akuno, I'm sorry, um, are like the two that are the two offensive linemen that I would pick as well. You can go that route if you want to get protection now. Personally, Clark. This is where not only does like best available, but also best available need comes into play for me. I say you go quarterback. There's no reason why you wouldn't. Jared Goff is not the answer. He will not be the answer. Never will be the answer. He's not it. You moved him because you needed to get Stafford out of the bad situation at some point, and you needed a quarterback that was a stopgap. He will start this year if you pick the if you pick a quarterback because we talked about it already. Quarterbacks right now are just not that highly rated. There are some that are talented, and yes, they very well may pan out. We see it all the time with Lamar Jackson, for instance, being drafted last in the first round. I'm going Malik Willis with this pick. Um, the intangibles are there. Obviously, the level of competition that he played against was not. Uh, we did get to see him against um, Ole Miss, which. You need to take that with a grain of salt. Yes, he played poorly, but like I tell people all the time, that's a Liberty uh, running back crew, wide receiver crew, going and an offensive lineman crew going against um, a semi-pro defense. No one's getting open. He's not getting any pass protection. And then on the flip side, when his defense is on the field, <laughs> it's even worse because now the other team can score, obviously. So there you go. So it's just like we got to take that in consideration, too. Say if you gave him an a, uh, a SEC offense around him, would he would that would he been a much better situation? I mean, obviously, right? That just would make perfect sense to me. So with that being said, knowing the intangibles are there, knowing the talent's there, the skill is there, seems like the head is there. I'm going Malik Willis with this because you need a quarterback bad, and you ain't got a starting this year. You don't have to play him at all this year. You can tank and be right back in this position next year and go get offensive linemen, go get wide receivers, et cetera. 
And also, you, I'm, I'm, like a hundred percent sure. I know they have money, Clark. Ain't nobody over there. They don't have players. They have to have money. So, you know, you got you got that behind you as well with, with between free agency over the um the, the rest of this summer and then going into next year and then obviously you're gonna you're gonna have a high pick next year in the draft as well. Agreed, and I could honestly see the Lions either going defensive line just to shore up that defensive line that just can't get any sacks like they only got 30 last year, or they could potentially trade back to a much more uh, QB-needy team and really kind of get Malik Lillis maybe a little bit further back. I know we'll be talking about another team here coming up that is much, much, uh, has a huge need at quarterback. It just comes down to one of those teams that if you end up trading this pick two, are they going to take Malik Willis at two? It's possible. Again, this year's draft or draft pick when it comes to quarterbacks isn't a deep class. Uh, I think they're all kind of in that same range. It will be very interesting to see if any of them can just kind of surprise us at this point. Just kind of, you know, go to the NFL and with a new situation and maybe the right coaching staff, the right coaching staff turn into a career NFL quarterback that maybe not be the best of the best, but a very solid, yeah, have a great, great career overall. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens with this draft class. Cause I know when you ask around and you're looking at information and articles online, there's not a lot of huge upside besides maybe a couple flashes here and there. This isn't a, Andrew Luck and R.G. Griffin or, you know, Arbor Griffin III kind of deal uh, that we're dealing with. But I digress to number three. This one's the more interesting one, and it's kind of sad, but it's true. Now, what we've talked about, you've mentioned it a couple times, that these teams up top here kind of need everything, right? Well, according to PFF, the Texans need every position. Literally yep. says for their needs, every position is what they Got need. Right <laughs> <laughs> you damn right they need everything. You're not wrong. Now, granted, I will say this. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a good enough receiver. They still need help around him. He's not just the whole offense, but he is a good enough receiver. Uh, he has played a phenomenal career when it comes to just quarterbacks that he's played with. Uh, you can't get any better than that. I'm, you know, right. you're pretty got to be pretty happy with those. Uh, obviously, Davis Mills has some upside. I'll give him that. Granted, everything else is kind of, yeah, you need it. Uh, you need a lot of help. So at this point, according to at least one mock draft, they have Iki Ekwanu, uh offensive tackle out of NC State here, but they could potentially look at for just about anybody. I think this might be a best available player. Fletch, do you agree? Yeah, this is best available again, and it just depends on, you know, what what which direction they want to go, offense or defense. Um, no, I don't think you pick a quarterback here, um, because you you literally have nothing. You don't want to set up a quarterback with literally nothing. Um, that's I'm more so on on the train of where whereas the Lions you don't have anything, but you have a quarterback in front of who you may draft. I don't think the Texans necessarily have that. They got a guy, like you said, Davis Mills has some upside, um, and they very well must start him at the beginning of the season, which is perfectly fine. And I think if you're going to and really try to figure out if you're going to get somebody that's that's if Davis Mills is going to be the answer or not to figure that out, well, you got to protect him. So I'm going to go offensive lineman on this one. 
I like the icky pick, and I think I'm going to stick with that because it seems like his, his he's been higher a little bit higher rated than Evan Neal as of late. I don't know exactly the reasoning behind that. Um, I always find it interesting when there's no games played and nothing negative happened, but yet we still move guys in front of other guys. And I don't know, maybe it's because we're starting to see things that we didn't see before. Like, for instance, one mock draft has Evan Neal going as the third uh, offensive lineman where this whole time he, to me he was always rated the best offensive lineman really until the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. and maybe that's just from what these uh these uh experts or i wouldn't say experts but beat writers i should say are hearing like their sources are telling them you know what's what's who you know how high guys are and, and who knows how we're interpreting that or how they're interpreting that you might hear people rave about ikia uh a, a, Iguanu, or you may hear people rave about Charles Charles Cross um, out of Mississippi State, and that's the reason why all of a sudden, due to those beat writers reporting this information, these people that do these mock drafts, they shoot these guys up on the list, and it might be a little bit higher than I would like. Personally, I would probably go Evan Neal, just based off what we saw last year. He seemed to be the best offensive lineman. It looked like it. It smelled like it like the whole off season until just recently personally if it was me doing this draft and i guess if you're asking me who my pick would be for the texans it would be evan neal i'm not opposed to any one of the other two offensive linemen though agreed and like you mentioned earlier the edge rushers as well as the offensive linemen one of the deeper groups along with receiver in this draft so mm-hmm. i mean early on you've got your pick of the letter you can take pretty much whoever you want and like we mentioned earlier with the first three teams or the first two teams it's unlikely that they're going to go offensive linemen so you're going to have everyone available more than likely they're sitting at three um, and with everything there that you need help with basically every single position uh, you don't need to trade because you're going to have a very nice high draft pick to do some work with Right, and hopefully it pans out for you. Instead of trading back, I can understand too. Honestly, I could understand the Texas trading back to get multiple first and second round picks. But you know what? Between doing that, and it it depends on how they feel about this draft as well, how deep this draft is, and they may. I would say personally, and I think we both agree. We kind of mentioned it. Why trade back when you can just go with the best available? Right, the most surefire person player in this draft, essentially, is where we're what we're talking about. If if number one and two go both defense or quarterback or whatever the case may be, typically offensive linemen have a higher floor than other positions because you just know what you're going to get. Um, what you're waiting on is to see, you know, will this person reach their potential or not? You know, the offensive linemen typically don't, they don't bust as much, I guess you could say. So I think that's probably the safest pick and I think they should take it. Agreed. And especially if, like you mentioned earlier, if they're looking for a quarterback of the future, they definitely got to be able to protect him. Yeah. Uh, Bengals. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, they <laughs> no, they fixed that in the offseason. They sure did. They got to they the, got Super, Bowl. the Super Bowl. Though. It's true. They got to the Super Bowl with a very bad offensive line. Imagine what they can do with an upgraded one. Thanks. Um, so we'll see. That should be very exciting, especially for fantasy purposes. But. Let us move on to team number four, the New York Jets. Uh, according to PFF, their needs are at wide receiver, linebacker, and cornerback. Um, obviously, they still have a very young Zach Wilson at this point who flashed a couple times here and there. They also have the great white known as Mike White there. 
Uh, and he actually did rather well when he was healthy. Neither one could really get things going overall for a very bad team. Again, a lot of needs out there, a lot of help necessary. This could potentially be one of those spots where you trade back, get a few more picks. But like we mentioned, they already have the number 10 pick uh, coming up as well. So at this point, Fletch, who do you have them picking? Yeah, man, I, I got Kayvon Thibodeau here. Um, this is almost a no-brainer for me. Um, we know we know Robert Salaz. We know his uh, his track record. We know what he brings. Um, the Jets, I will say, last year, I give them credit for not being like, you know, this this terrible team that didn't play hard. They still played hard. They just didn't have it. Like they just didn't have it. They didn't have a quarterback. They didn't really have you know anybody for them to throw the ball to. Um, you didn't get any running back support really until, like you said, Mike White got healthy towards the end of the season. He played pretty well. Um, yeah, man, I, I think you go defense with this. You make that jet that Jets defense, man. You make that Jets defense as good as you possibly can, in my opinion, because I think the offense will take care of itself eventually. Um, and and that's just that's just the coach. That's that's kind of the his thing. He's a defensive coach. Like if you get the defense right. Then work on your offense. I think that's the route that you would want to take with a team like his. Um, I've heard even people go cornerback this early with 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 this pick. I don't think you go corner this early um, with Kayvon Thibodeau sitting here, which is possibly a first round over or first overall pick, and you know the top one of the top edge rushers in the in the draft for sure. I, I feel like it's a no brainer. I feel like the culture fit is pretty nice here. Um, I'm going Kayvon Thibodeau all day long here. I'd have to agree with that. I know there are some that are pushing for cornerback simply, more than likely, just because of what Miami has done. And again, having to face Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, Waddle definitely wouldn't hurt to get a top-end cornerback. But as deep as this class is, it's always good to get one of the top edge rushers this early. And then at number yep. 10, see who falls to you or... If, like we said, you can easily trade out of that position to a much more needed team that needs quarterbacks, running backs, something along those lines that you can trade with and get a little bit more value out of. Uh, another team that has multiple picks in the first round is the New York Giants, sitting at number five and at number seven. Uh, according to PFF, their needs are offensive lineman, edge rusher, as well as linebacker. Uh, and really, again, one of those teams that has a lot of different needs. And I think they're trying to give Daniel Jones, I think, every single chance on this planet to prove himself, even though we kind of already know what he is. Uh, but they are continuing to give him chance after chance after chance. They're still hoping that Saquon Barkley can stay healthy for an entire season, which doesn't seem likely at this point, even though it is an early career. I hope it Hope he can, because he is a phenomenal talent when healthy. Uh, but beyond that, they had issues with health at the wide receiver position last year. But according to PFF, they're looking for offensive line, which makes sense because we've got to be able to protect the quarterback. The, according to NFL.com, they have Charles Cross out of Mississippi State drafted here. Fletch, do you agree or would you go another route? Hmm. I agree or go a different route. Personally, and I guess in my in my mock here that we got going on, man, these these New York teams are sitting pretty pretty right now. Um, right now, what I would person I would have Iki um, um, Ikwanu right now available. 
uh, based on my mock so far. Um, I would go him here. I think they're in a very similar position that Houston is in, where you want to see what you get out of Danny Jones, uh, Danny Dimes, if you will. Um, he's a good. He's to, to me, man. Dan, he's interesting, bro. He's a. He's actually a decent talent, but it, it just is. It's so inconsistent. It's just so inconsistent. And is that because his receiving core can't stay healthy? Yep, that's part of it. I'm just be honest. That is definitely part of it. Uh, the other part of it is the offensive line, and then also you just haven't really had much of a running game lately because Saquon's been out so long, and even last year when he came back, he just wasn't himself. Uh, I saw a quote from him today. He's just like, after missing so much time in football, he's just hoping he goes crazy this year. So fantasy owners, he said it. I ain't say it. Um, <laughs> you know, take that with a grain of salt. If you got a little faith in him, I'm with you there. I'm going to just tell you all right now, the last time I drafted, I drafted a young running back early, that had some issues with injuries. It ain't pan out very well. I was almost last in the, in the league, and that was Todd Gurley. I hope he doesn't end up like Todd Gurley. I really hope he doesn't, but be careful. That's all I'm going to say. Um, nonetheless, I will go uh, Iki Iquanu here. Um, I do think they need offensive line help, and I think they need to pick an offensive lineman to, to be able to tech, protect um, Danny Dimes back there, protect Saquon Bar- or help block for Saquon Barkley. And, again, you just kind of see what happens. And you hope these receivers stay healthy, man. They have some decent ones over there, and they, they all have talent. Um, Kadarius Tony's good in open space. Uh, Sterling, it was, they still have Shepard, right? Is that, am I saying his name? Yes, just, mm-hmm. no, Sterling okay, Shepard. Sterling Shepard still have him. And then you also uh, just paid, uh, what's my man, uh, Kenny Galladay. You just paid him last off, off, last year. He got hurt last year as well. And he's been hurt when he was in Detroit, so it's just no, it's no mystery here. You have a lot of injury-prone receivers right now. Um, so if they can stay healthy, where he can at least have two of them on the field at all times, you get an offensive lineman, I think that's your best bet here. And also you got the you, you got another pick in the first round as well that can help you out a little bit more, you know, wherever you might need it. So I think right here you go with, the again, the best available that I would have personally on my board, which would be Iki Iquanu right here. I like it. And then at number six, we have the Carolina Panthers, probably the more in- most interesting team in the top 10 because of, according to their needs on PPF or PFF, you've got quarterback and offensive linemen, which makes a whole lot of sense. He went over and traded for Sam Darnold. He brought him over. He hadn't really worked out, but to his credit and really maybe discredit to the Panthers, hey, when you don't have Chris McCaffrey on the field, the offense changes quite a bit. There's a huge difference between when he's on the field and when he's off. Obviously, Sam Darnold may not be the future there, but the Panthers are probably the biggest team when it comes to uh, mockers looking at a team wanting to trade up. It could be uh, this team here in Carolina. at Sitting at number six, Fletch, assuming they don't make the trade, who do you have them picking? This is interesting, man. Um, okay, so two things. The team that may trade up here is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, if they do trade up, I think the Seahawks are trading up for a quarterback. I think if it's Malik Willis, they're going him. If he's not there, I think they sit tight. So, therefore, for my mock draft, I have Carolina keeping their sixth pick. This is where I'm torn. This is the second part to this. I'm torn. I'm I'm in the position that you give Sam Darnold this year, 
to see if he can get it right. Because they started the year off correct. And then all of a sudden the wheels fell off. And I don't know if his wheels fell off or what. But I think they were 3-0 and to start the season, if I'm not mistaken. So you kind of take that and be like, okay, we had a good start to the season. Robbie Anderson never got thrown the ball, really. Um, so you got a second receiver there that might be able to make some noise for you. And I don't know why he didn't get the ball. I don't know if that's Darnold's fault or if it's his fault for not getting open. I don't know. Or play calling. I, I truly don't know. Um, in this case, I, 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 for my mock draft, I'm the same, same way I feel about, um, Daniel Jones, Davis Mills, give it a year, see what you get, because this year is not that great for quarterbacks. So I think the teams that can afford to sit on a quarterback for a year, like the lions go for it. But in this position with the Panthers, yeah, you can kind of do the same thing, but I think you're creating more of a, a competition versus you just having somebody come and get groomed. Goff is a vet. He's been to Super Bowl. Let's not completely disrespect him like he's, you know, this has-been quarterback. He's just not that good. He's decent, though. And it's, like, very similar to Dalton at the end of his career. He was kind of similar to that where kind of stopgap-ish. You're not expecting him to, to keep his job and set the world on fire. You're just expecting him to go out there and manage the game. No, don't make mistakes. Um... So you, you, I think you short the offensive line here, man, and you just try to figure out what you really have. And Darnold, in this case, I'm going Charles Cross. Nothing wrong with that. And with the Giants back up at number seven, uh, according to this mock, they have Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. Uh, mm. Basically their biggest need, at least according to this mock. Other notable cornerbacks could be Trent McDuffie out of Washington or Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. Uh, do you agree that they could take a cornerback here? Yeah, I I do actually. Um, this is this is another interesting pick. I mean, I got the I had the Giants going offensive line as well. Um, so I'm taking that consideration, obviously, right? Like we got him going offensive line with the fifth pick in the draft, and then you come back and it's like, okay, what do you what do you want to do here? Obviously, again, you have Daniel Jones, you have Saquon Barkley, so. You're not really, and then just, I think it might be a little too early to go wide receiver unless you want to go for a reach here and get somebody in there that you think can stay relatively healthy, like a Chris Olave. Um, but I think this is too early to pick Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, uh, I should say, as well. I think Garrett Wilson might be the higher rated out of the two. Jamison Williams also just kind of strikes me here a little bit as well. Um, but I think in this case, because you just went Kadarius Tony last year, you do have three receivers because you just paid Kenny, Dalale, Kenny Galladay last year as well. I think you go to the defensive side of the ball, and I agree with going corner. Um, in my pick, though, I'm going to go Sauce Gardner, actually. I think he's the best corner in the, in the draft. Agreed. We saw what he could do at Cincinnati, obviously. Maybe not against the most, the best competition. Obviously, he did play Georgia uh, in the playoff game or playoff semifinal, but he is a phenomenal cornerback, and it would not shock me if he was the first cornerback to come off uh, mm-hmm. on the board. He come a week from today. As for number eight, we have the Atlanta Falcons, who obviously went out and uh, traded away Matt Ryan. Very similar esque kind of, you know, trade away of. Matthew Stafford from the Lions, kind of giving him at least another couple year opportunity to tr- to play for a more of a contending team. Uh, they went out and signed Marcus Mariota. Uh, some of their biggest needs are, of course, quarterback, guard, center, defensive lineman, and cornerback. So pretty much take that label of everything else and say 
they need just about everything there. Obviously, they got Kyle Pitts last year in the draft. He is what looks like to be the real deal there at tight end. Uh, they just really, truly need a quarterback. I don't know if Marcus Mariota is the long-term answer. Is this a spot where another quarterback comes off the board? It's very interesting, man. I, I do see a few mocks that may, you know, are also intrigued in Malik Willis. But again, Malik Willis is off my board. <laughs> so to stick with the board here, because I, I just even if Malik Willis was here, I don't think they draft him. Uh, I'll just make that clear. Um, I do think they give Marcus Mariota an honest chance this year. Um, and that team is honestly, even though they're lacking a little bit on the offensive side of the ball, they're athletic. <laughs> They are very athletic on the offensive side of the ball. You got a, a dual threat quarterback. You got, uh, you know, like again, another one of those wide receiver running back hybrids there in Patterson. You got Kyle Pitts. You just lost Calvin really for the whole season next year, and odds are he was looking to get traded anyways. They make the reach. I think I'm going wide receiver here from the Falcons. You have a couple offensive linemen that are pretty good. And they've drafted. They've, I think they drafted two of them in the last like five drafts. That actually both of them end up panning out pretty decently uh, on defense. Yeah, you could definitely improve on defense if you're the Atlanta Falcons. However, outside of Kyle Pitts, who is Marcus Mariota going to throw the ball to? So that's kind of where I'm getting with this one. I think you. I think you. I think you go wide right receiver here, even though you know they don't. They're not. They don't have the luxury of multiple picks. I think the first wide receiver comes off here, and I'm personally going to go with Garrett Wilson. I think they need somebody that will play this year, get on the field, and actually make an impact right away. If not, if if Jamison Williams was healthy, I would say go Jamison Williams, but there's no guarantee that he'll be available. Come the start of the season, you may not see him until midseason. Um, and I do think that those two players are very similar. I think they're, you know, to me, equal equally ranked in my opinion. Um I would put them both probably anywhere between the 10, 12 range. And one would just be one pick over another. If both teams needed wide receivers, for instance, I'm going Jamison Williams or uh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going Garrett Wilson here. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. There's again, a, this probably the deepest class when it comes to receivers this year. And that top part of those receivers, it's kind of a hard not miss situation unless it's an injury situation with Jamison Williams. Obviously, you still have Chris Olave. You have Drake London coming out of USC. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's a lot of different receivers you could go with, but I'm not going to argue against the Falcons taking Garrett Wilson there at eight. At number nine, another team that is in a need for quarterback, even though they just gave Geno Smith a nice little extension, is the Seahawks. They traded away Russell Wilson in the offseason. Obviously, they'll need quarterback tackle they'll need an edge rusher as well as a quarterback or a cornerback uh, need quite a bit um, there is talks about potentially I don't think there's actually legit talks of trading uh, DK Metcalf at this point but there has been a little bit of rumors from time to time um, I don't see that happening either according to this mock they have George I'm probably going to pronounce this name wrong but uh, Carl Offistus I yeah Oh, You're it's fine. the the greatest story I heard out of him when they were talking about him during a Purdue game. I've been him against Ohio State was the fact that he was a water polo player before he actually started playing football. Um, and he the way he trained his legs in order to uh, if you've never seen water polo before, they're treading 12 foot of water the entire time they're playing. It is probably the greatest athletes I could ever imagine on this planet. Because if you can tread 12 foot of water the entire time, good on you. You're doing something. 
Uh, but the way he said he trained was he would hold a chair above his head uh, with his arms out of the water for 12 minutes and tread water. Just like that. Uh, good on you, because I'll be swimming over in the kiddie pool, and I'll be fine with that. Mm-hmm. I guess I ain't doing that. I can definitely tread water, but there's no need to be holding a chair above my head. But I digress. Seahawks, big time needs here again, trading away Russell Wilson. Fletch, who do you have them taking at number nine? Good question. <laughs> Very good question, actually, man. Uh, they're, they're in a unique spot right now because... I mean, you look at the offense, and you still, you still, you still look at the offense. Like, okay, you got pieces throughout. I mean, let's just let's just really quick gloss over this. They got Chris Carson. You still got Tyler Lockett. You still have DK Metcalf, um, and then you have Noah Fant now at your tight end. Your question, obviously, is quarterback because you have Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and Jacob Eason, which I was, which I believe that should be a three-way quarterback battle. May the best men win. Um, defense, you're kind of you're kind of suffering a little bit. I would – Kyle Hamilton, to me, uh, is kind of interesting here. He would only get picked to me if they don't think Quantry Diggs is the answer. But I, I think at safety you got to sit tight if you're them. That's probably your strength on defense. Um, You just spent some money to bring in Wozu. I feel like, again, we're, we're, we're back to that point where defense is, is definitely going to be where they go. I'm almost tempted to go – with another edge rusher here. Um, the kid from Purdue is very intriguing right here. Jermaine Johnson is also very intriguing right here. Personally, though, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Stingley. I'm going to go Stingley Jr. on this one. Um, I think having that, that, that really good secondary is the strength that we've seen in Seattle in the past, obviously with the Legion of Boom. I think adding Stingley to this to this lineup, and if you're going to get what we can, what we expect to get eventually out of Stingley, and pair that with the two safeties that you have, you also have Artie Burns, which who isn't terrible, but I, I think Stingley would be your your number one if he pans out. I think that's the route that I would take. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is protecting one of the th- three young quarterbacks that may start and going offensive line here. Uh, there are some guys here that, you know, are available still because just because we kind of talked about how deep this position is. Uh, but I, I think the next person down after those first three are taken off the board may be a little bit of a reach here. Uh, so I'm going to go I'm, – I'm I mean, if, if they keep the ninth pick, that is, I'm going to go with Derek Stingley Jr. I like it. And according to the mock, they actually had Derek Stingley Jr. moving to the number 10 spot, which is, again, the Jets, their second pick in the top 10. Uh, They have them sitting there. They kind of a need at cornerback position along with receiver as well. Uh, To round up the top 10, who do you have them taking? Quick question, just to make sure I got this right. I I do have the Jets going offensive lineman, right? Correct. Okay, I thought so. Evan Neal, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. I just want to make sure I, I, got, I got everything in order here. So, with Evan Neal being drafted earlier, you kind of solved a little bit of a need there. Here is where you could go receiver, and I think Drake London is a pretty solid pick here. Um, also, you could go, um, again, Jamison Williams. Um, in their case, I'm actually, oh, man, I'm so torn, actually, between these two guys. I'll just mention him. It is uh, 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 Jermaine Johnson is who I'm who I'm considering here, as well as uh, 
oh man, it's 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 on to my tongue here. It's on to my tongue. From my board here. The kid out of Purdue. That's why I can't even say his name. <laughs> um, George yeah. K. How about that? George K. There you go. Um, those are the two I'm kind of looking at as far as going here. Um, I think you go defense here for sure. I oh man, it's hard to pick between these two guys. I think you'll get. I think you you you'll get some some good out of both of them. Um, I'm gonna go Jermaine Johnson. I'm gonna go Jermaine Johnson. I just have a little bit of better bet a little bit better feeling about him for some odd reason. Um, I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson here, but I, I think you can't go wrong with either one of those two guys. Uh, but I think that does add add another dynamic to them. You get another defender here. Actually, with the Jets, I'm almost – no, I don't know. I think I did go offensive line. I think you're right. Okay. Yeah, that's why I would go here. That's why I would go here. I'm going edge rusher here. And, yeah, much like you said earlier – uh, all these teams, they need a lot of help. This is not just one or two pieces away from competing just to get to the playoffs. These are teams that really need the help, at least at one or more positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, I found an article on ESPN.com by Bill Barnwell, his, one of the more respective analysts um, and writers at ESPN. Uh, interestingly enough, he put together a, an article talking about the NFL draft and some potential – uh, bold predictions based off of which, uh, basically making a trade for each team in each slot of the draft. Um, wow. We just got done speaking about the Jets. So at number 10, he actually had the Jets trading the 10th overall pick, a third round pick, a first round pick next year, as well as their uh, young quarterback, Zach Wilson, to the Cardinals, who would Ooh. then get, uh, they would get in return a fourth round pick next year as well as kyler murray wow yeah quite the bold prediction obviously we know uh the ongoing reports out of arizona that kyler murray will not play unless he's under a contract extension for the cardinals which obviously depending on how that works out there could be the potentiality that something does get traded it's very difficult for me to see the cardinals doing this just because Obviously, we know how well Kyler Murray is, but if the relationship is soured, do you think that this is even viable? Oh, wow. That's a interesting move. Um, I, I just don't see him leaving Arizona personally. Um, I get it. I do get it because if the if the if something is completely wrong there and a trade does need to happen, that to me honestly may be a good trade to make because you are getting a short fire you know, player in Kyler Murray. The only thing is that I've seen Arizona trade for a first round quarter, a former first round quarterback in the past, and it didn't work out. And that's Josh Rosen. So I don't know if that's the move that you make if you're the Cardinals. I don't care what you, what you're getting in return. Personally, I would want the fourth pick instead of the tenth pick. But I don't think I don't I don't know if that's outside of the range uh, for the Jets to do. Um, I personally would not make the trade if I'm the Cardinals. I would make the trade if I'm the Jets. And if I'm the Jets, then I would immediately go, you know, defense with that fourth pick uh, in the draft, knowing I'm going to have that deal in my back pocket and then, you know, try to find some wide receiver depth later in the draft with a few with the, with the picks that you picked up. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 interesting, though. Um, I guess let me ask you this in return. If you're the Cardinals and you make this deal, 
you now have the tenth pick in the draft, who would you pick? If this player is obviously still available. Yeah, if the player is still available, you're sitting there at number ten. You just traded away basically one of the young quarterbacks in the league. You got Zach Wilson, who is really unproven at this point. Uh, you've got a nice receiving core. I know AJ Green's well past his prime, but he was productive at times last year. Uh, you still need DeAndre Hopkins, which is arguably one of the better receivers in the league, to stay healthy. We mm-hmm. know what he can do on that offense. Uh, they just got rid of one of their running backs, Chase Edmonds, to Miami. So they have James Conner specifically back there right now. <sighs> I mean, I at this point, you might consider at the 10th spot maybe trading, getting some more picks. But if you couldn't get another trade off and you got the 10th overall pick, <sighs> at this point, you might go, maybe you go offensive line. Uh, depending on what's who's available left, uh, maybe you go cornerbacks to help out that defense that struggled at times last year. Um, obviously, you still have the Rams. They're going to be a high-flying offense. We'll see what happens with San Francisco with the Debo Samuel situation. We're going to guard against them. Uh, I think the Seahawks are well and out of it. You don't have to worry about them all that much this year. Uh, but yeah, I would say offensive line or you know defensive secondary where at that 10 pick, like we mentioned, there's still going to be a lot of depth at both of those positions. You don't necessarily have to go receiver, but with Christian Kirk leaving, that's an option as well. So uh, they've got some very interesting ways to go about it. Interestingly enough, according to Mr. Bill Barnwell, the Jets aren't done. He says that the number four pick, they would trade the number four pick, a second round pick, a third round pick, and wide receiver Corey Davis to the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for the ninth overall pick, a third-round pick, as well as D.K. Metcalf. And the ninth pick? And the ninth pick. I mean, they're just, hey, we we want to unload. And uh, this one seems a lot crazier uh, to me. Make both trades. Make both <laughs> trades. Do it. Make them both. I'd love it. That oh. they that shows you we're all in. Now all in, hey, just if you're gonna go all in, go all in. And if you're gonna go personally, if I'm them, I find a way. If if that's the case, and I'm, I get it, these trades are probably not gonna happen. Don't get me wrong. If these trades were to be proposed, if I'm the Jets, I'm saying yes to both of them. I'm bringing in Kyler Murray and DK Metcalf. I don't care who leaves because I don't have anybody to begin with. And then you know after that. And, and say they do get the ninth pick in the draft, I mean, you either pair DK with another receiver at that point, or you hope Elijah Moore pans out, that is your second receiver, and you go defense with the ninth pick, and I will go DB uh, or edge rusher all day long. Uh, that's me, though. I, I mean, that to me, that's just, that's, that's, you would go all in, and then also you would create a lot of problems for that division. I, I know the Dolphins are sitting there like, yeah, we got a shot. The Bills are sitting there like, you got to go through us. The Pats are sitting there like, we know who we are. So it's the Jets are just there. And if they make these moves, you got a hell of a division right there. Agreed. And with the type of talent that Miami was able to get over there during the offseason, um, you got to be able to stay competitive somehow. The Patriots are still going to be there. The Bills are still going to be there. This could be the new NFC West if those trades were to happen. 
now you've got four teams that can really compete one another. Maybe the Jets still needing a few more pieces on defense overall, but that would make things very, very interesting, especially the fantasy impact where DK Metcalf was a great option with Russell Wilson. Obviously, would still be a great option with Kyler Murray uh, if that were to happen. Whereas the opposite, where Hopkins might be able, be, might be pushed to mid or late second round if Zach Wilson is the one throwing him the football. But like I said, this is very bold predictions. There's not too many others on this article, but if you're interested, simply go to ESPN.com and read up on that article. Fletch, before we uh, close up shop here today, um, give me, let's say, three names that are on your list for players that either could potentially get into the top ten draft-wise or just three names that you're most interested to see where they go. Yeah, uh, number one guy I'm most interested to see where he goes is actually Nicobe Dean. Um, Nicobe Dean has floated, been floated around mid-first to mid-second first round. I think he's the best uh, linebacker in the draft and the best linebacker in the country last year. I understand Devin Lloyd. I do, I definitely do uh, because he's more of an outside linebacker, whereas Nicobe Dean is more of your field general. Uh, as far as field generals get, it don't get no better. If you need one, that's your guy, and I would imagine he'd be impact player day one. Uh, that is one guy that I think no matter what, if, I think he's a skill of the draft, to be honest with you, just seeing how he's not any higher than that. I know these teams have middle linebacker need, and I understand the, the change in the NFL now with edge rushers and, def- and, and uh, defensive backs being, uh, you know, more valuable due to, you know, the, being a passing league. But, you know, let's be real here. Middle linebackers are very important as well, and they always have been and they always will be. Um I, I would love to see where he goes, and I think he'll be impact right away. And that's one of the guys that I think might have a very one of the best careers out of this entire draft. Uh, so that's that's one. Uh, the second guy that I'm interested in actually seeing how high he very well may be drafted, and that's Matt Corral, quarterback out of Ole Miss. Um, I, I he's somewhat of a still a dual threat quarterback like Malik Willis is. Um, I think he's a little bit more seasoned, of course. Um, I don't know if he's one of those guys that you draft and expecting to start soon or not. I don't know how that's being seen. I do know that I've seen him drafted anywhere from the top 10 uh, to the second round just because of how, you know, these quarterbacks are right now. Uh, they're just not, you know, they're, they're not as good as the the, pre, the previous classes that we've seen. So I would not expect a lot of quarterbacks to go early. I do expect maybe two to go in the top 15 just because teams do have needs. And I think teams will trade up to fulfill these needs. You know, in this case, though, Matt Corral, he might fulfill one of these needs and move up quite a bit and, and be one of those, those, you know, players that get drafted a little bit earlier than we thought or a team could trade up and draft him early as well. Um, and the third player I want to mention is uh, Brees Hall, actually, running back out of Iowa State. Really like the kid. Uh, very good running back. One of the top running backs in the draft. I don't think he'll crack top 10, of course. I do think he possibly can crack bottom of the first round to a team that just needs another running back uh, because there's there's teams that do need, you know, better running backs or at least younger running backs, um, especially towards the back of the draft. A lot of these teams are pass first teams at the back of the draft, maybe looking to fulfill that need there. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see what happens with that. Um, especially knowing like some of these guys might be on the move. For instance, if San Francisco, I believe they lost Raheem Mostert this year, right? Yes. And then also, if you possibly lose a Depot Samuel, I mean, who do you have at your running back? You just got Trey, uh, 
Trey Sermon last year. You have Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, I know they always have guys, but they they never, and it seems like they never can have enough. So, you know, don't be surprised if Brees Hall gets drafted here. Uh, Tampa Bay also at the back of the draft is a decent landing spot. Tennessee is another one at, at, at the back of the draft that could just need a supplemental back. Now that we also saw Derrick Henry get hurt, another one that saw high volume that might need, you know, a little bit of a spell back to avoid future injury. And then also the Buffalo Bills there at the back of the draft as well. Um, you know, they, they also are kind of in need of a, a consistent back as well. So I think Brees Hall is somebody that you might see go at the bottom of the first round this year. Um into the maybe the second round, but I think that's one of the running backs that we'll at least have an eye out on. You know, during during day one, definitely day two if it doesn't happen day one. Agreed. And with this type of running back class, Kenneth Walker is the highest graded one and we really haven't mentioned his name at all. Be very interesting to see where he goes. Obviously True. this running back class is not overly deep there is a few decent names in there It'd be interesting to see how well uh there's uh, careers pan out i do have to give some love to the kicking position as always uh mr cameron dicker dicker the kicker coming out of texas uh he was a good place kicker in texas i'm uh, not gonna argue that we'll see obviously every single team always needs a little bit of help here and there when it comes to kicking uh be interesting to see where he goes and then uh, last but not least, looking at David Ojabo out of Michigan. Just recently got hurt uh, during his workout over at Michigan during his pro day. He tore his Achilles, which if things go really, really well, uh, much like we saw with uh, his name eludes me, the running back for the Rams, Cameron Akers. Cam yep. Akers. Uh, he came back extremely quickly. He was able to actually play in the playoffs after tearing it in the preseason, I believe. So is there a chance? Yes, it's going to be pretty late, but it will be interesting to see where he goes, which team, knowing that they're not going to have him most of the year. But when he was healthy, him and Aiden Hutchinson was a very dynamic duo there at Michigan. Uh, Hard to see him get hurt this soon to the draft, but overall, I would like to see where he goes as well. Fletch? We survived. We did the NFL draft show here today. Uh, a lot of good names. You picked a great draft. Uh, maybe you should enter it in on a contest. You might win. Who knows? Um, but we'll see how it goes. We have one week away. Anything else before we shut up shop here today? Um. Yeah, I will leave the folks with this, man. It's the NBA playoffs. Um, tune in. This is the time of year. For, you know, the casual fan to also tune in, these games are, uh, the first round is actually showing it's a lot more comp- competitive than some expected. Most kind of expected this with the chaos of this year. Um, so it's uh, been a lot of good games. Um, so that's something to tune into, um, especially with the NFL draft coming up. We got a, you know, big sports weekend coming up here. So you know, second week of the playoffs, as well as the NBA draft, baseball's full swing. Um, so, you know, soccer's also kind of getting to the nitty gritty. They also, they just drew for the, uh, the FIFA, um, the groups for the, uh, FIFA world cup a couple weeks back. So that's gearing up as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of good stuff going on, a lot of stuff to be excited about. Uh, but yeah, tune into the playoffs, brush up on your NBA or NFL draft content and, you know, get ready for the draft. Thursday is when the, uh, the draft is next Thursday night. Uh, so we'll be tuning in there, uh, probably running our next show during the first bit of the draft, actually. 
Um, so we'll be kind of chimed in a little bit there, maybe even announce a couple picks that are picked. So um, also like, share, subscribe our YouTube page. That's YouTube.com. Um, look us up, a.k.a. Sports. Numerous episodes. I mean, hell, Clark, I think we're like 34, 35 deep at this point. So, you know, check us out. Plenty of content there. We're also on uh, uh, Twitter at AKA Sports Sports Pod. Feel free to hit me up there as well. Uh, Facebook.com slash AKA Sports FB. Um, you can see all of our content there as well. You can like, comment, uh, join our page, share our page with your friends and family. Um, and then as well, you know, hit us up and, and, and you, can, you can listen to us on, on various podcast platforms as well. Starting off with anchor.fm slash AKA Sports gives you links to everything aka sports related as well as apple Podcasts, spotify and the other, and many others as well so tune in check us out let us know what you think and uh gear we'll gear up for the rest of these playoffs and the nba draft here next week nfl draft next week absolutely and as for fletch my name is clark heron aka the hairy hobo and we're out of here peace